Hello, hello, and welcome to the Hometown Daily News Show, Season 2, Episode 121, for May 1st, 2023. You are muted, says scientist researching Zoom. And here's a quick rundown of the articles we'll be talking about tonight. There is yet another mysterious balloon flying over. The article says American soil. It's Hawaii. So for a brief moment, I guess it's flying over American soil. Uh, The mayor of New York says, put an air tag in your car just in case it gets stolen. Key law enforcement computers are still down 10 weeks after a breach. That's the Marshall's service. Science has finally figured out how fast and loud you should be talking on Zoom. JP Morgan is buying First Republic Bank after it was taken over by regulators. Falcon Heavy launches mm, a satellite and, and other rockets have launched debris and well, there's more. A commuter train excavation near Notre Dame Cathedral has uncovered a 2,000-year-old necropolis containing bodies with coins in their mouths. Film studios lose bid to unmask a Redditor, or Reddit users, plural, who wrote comments on piracy. A federal judge rules that uh, a Pennsylvania school district must allow the after-school Satan Club Bosch Legacy has been renewed before for season three before season two has premiered. And the TSA is always watching. Always watching. Let's get into tonight's articles. Hey, how you doing? We haven't hit 100% yet, but that's okay. <clears throat> It's just, it's just awesome to be nominated. So I am Mayor Watt. That is hometown.com. And up there is the AI. I'm sorry for the dead air. I, I try not, I try to avoid dead air, but anyway, um, it might be best if I just leave dead air. Good evening, hometown citizens. There you go. Thanks. That's the AI. The one, the only, the AI. They don't have a name. They haven't chosen a name. They've chosen the name AI, which is that way. Whenever you're talking about AI in the news, it's that AI right there. I mean, I feel special. We talk about AI all the time, all the time, just nonstop AI, this AI, that there's an article about AI in this, by the way. Right. Did we or did we did we next? I don't remember if we selected that. Yeah, well, I don't know. I mean, there was more than one in hometown, that's for sure. But. Yeah. Associative thinking. We'll probably end up talking about it. There was an article in, in hometown about the, the father of AI, I guess. I'm not really the father, but I'm like a major researcher at Google that decided that they were going to walk because they have like uh, like nuclear bombs. You know, we have become death. Well, we have become AI. And by proxy, I suppose, death, but want to get into today's articles and stop vamping the intro yes (laughs) yes that's that binary response that an ai needs yes or no pick a side 
Yeah. Yeah, the bags of mostly... Of the Mandalorian... Uh, um, it, it is the way. Well, no, Grogu. Oh. <laughs> getting the button like, yes, 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 or no, no, no. Oh, hold on. <laughs> I can do this. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I have to do this. <laughs> Where is it? No, I was not planning on doing this. Um, but I'm going to do it. Let's see if I can find it. No, I can't. Oh, no. Where is it? Uh, <laughs> that's not it. Where is it? It's really tough to find stuff um, like immediately. Oh, no. Oh, no. Hold on. Should I try and should I keep looking for it? Or just move on. Just move mm -hmm. on, I think. <laughs> uh, no, that's not it. I have a bunch of sounds. Cartoon? Is that it? No, nope, that's not it. Nope, that's not it. <laughs> okay, I'll just move on. So the first article for today is... Um, in the Mobile Channel, U.S. military tracking another mysterious balloon flying over American soil. They say it has a payload. They say that it doesn't have steering. Um, nobody knows where it's from. They say it's not a Chinese balloon. They've been tracking it for several days. It's flown over Hawaii. David Moy or Moye. I'm not sure if they have, how they pronounce their last name, but this is over at HuffPost.com. And it says here, uh, the U.S. military is currently tracking a balloon that was recently spotted over parts of Hawaii. Its country of origin remains a mystery. Well, it's shrouded in mystery to us, but not necessarily to the military. The military be believes the balloon poses no threat to air traffic or national security. And the outlet said, uh, citing one unnamed official, the news that I saw and this article diverge a little bit because depending on the source you uh, hear, um, there's three different government agents that are responding, saying that it's heading towards uh, Mexico and just kind of floated on by. I think it's kind of weird that there's a metric ton of balloons that are floating around uh, suddenly. What the hell is going on? And where have they been during this whole time? Have we just been oblivious or are they suddenly a thing? Yeah, so I don't know. Maybe maybe they've always been doing it and we just never looked up like the there there's a movie, something like like Don't Look Up, I think it's called. It's one of those things where if you don't test, then it doesn't happen, you know, that kind of thing. You can't have confirmation of what might be going on kind of weird but officials don't know the balloon's country of origin but have determined it poses no threat to aerial traffic aerial traffic or national security i think i have a guess as to the origin but well it's really easy uh, oh i just threw this into the chat by the way so you can follow the link it's already over at uh, showbot so omtown.showbot.tv you can vote on the article so what you do is you you um, you fly up to it and then you look for the label that says made in China. And then you find out it says made in Taiwan and you're oh, it was 
Taiwan all along. Uh, well, the source of this, right, is HuffPost. And David Moyer is the author. Let's move on to the next article. I'm, I think I'm going to move kind of fast. I didn't say it. I did not say that. I, uh, I'm, forgive me if I start soapboxing. Here comes the two-hour show. <laughs> yeah. No, I did not say that. Let me hold on. Can I? Anyway, so uh, this one is over on the Mobile Channel. Mayor encouraging New Yorkers to put air tags in cars to fight auto theft. Um, I've decided to um, put one on me too, uh, just so um, if I lose track of myself, I always know where I am. The Big Apple is giving away 500 Apple air tags across the New York Police Department's 43rd precinct, which covers the Southeast Bronx. The area has recorded 207 car thefts since the start of 2023. <laughs> oh my God. That's two a day? That's kind of a lot. Although, notice that a lot of the thefts are Kias and Hyundais, which are, aren't those the two that are extremely simple to steal? Oh yeah, if all you have to do is be like a a, a low level Fonzie and just like kind of for oh, all of you hit the hit the trunk hit the something. side and it starts up. Just in case you don't know who the hell I'm talking about, Arthur Fonzarelli was the cool guy in Happy Days. Maybe that's what we should start our continuity report on we just start all the way back at happy days well that might take us a while to get to modern times <laughs> and then we just roll right on over to um what's the one where the guy is the hitman bill Hader, i think it is the guy that oh barry yeah barry hello timeless welcome uh, welcome to the show. Hey, yeah, so um, I've already asked you before, so I can say what you just said. It seems, it's, uh, sorry, Timeless says, it's almost surreal for me to see a government taking a proactive step to combat crime. It's a rarity where I live. Yeah, well, I don't know how to put that. I mean, there's culturally a different context, but I'm astonished probably more than you <laughs> because usually the way that it works is your car gets stolen and you have to pay for your own police report. If they even bother to come out to you, um, you usually have to go to them unless there was some violent crime or there's somebody still trapped in a vehicle. The police won't bother really, um, or a report of an accident, physical accident. They won't really bother. They're like, okay, your car's stolen. We know it'll take you some time to get to the police station, but come on down. Right. Oh, without yeah. your car. You yeah. know. <laughs> Timeless said you have to pay for your police reports. Yeah. If you want. So I know somebody that just recently had their identity stolen and to stop the bank from charging them for the transactions, they had to file a police report stating that their identity was stolen. And to get the police report, they had to pay $15 to get their police report and they wouldn't come to the victim. The victim had to go to the police station. <laughs> wow. uh, so, yeah. Uh, and so 
I'm not surprised, but I am surprised that they would start shelling out. This is just 500 though. So there's hundreds of thousands of cars. This is going to stop the 500 <laughs> because it's not like somebody's going to really care. You know, let's go over to this article. It's over at the Hill. Uh, Karen Dillon and Katie Corrado is the, are the authors for this. Um, this, this video has absolutely not, let me refresh it. Yeah. So this is the video. Um, it should be muted. Yeah. And so it says, uh, the New York mayor, Eric Adams unveiled a new plan on Sunday to give away Apple air tags with the hope of catching car thieves. It says the big apple is giving away 500 air tags. Um, across the New York Police Department's 43rd precinct, which covers Southeast Bronx. I mean, um, based on their stats, that would cover them for almost the remainder of the year. So maybe that'll be significant. Do you really think a car thing? The same cars that are going to get stolen. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a pretty target rich environment. So I don't think that this is really going to matter. Um, and the, the AI said earlier that it was the police station and I think I, or it was New York city. And I think I said, no, it's some smaller organization, but now that I'm reading it, did that, did I miss it? Oh, it I says it the associated by an organization, but maybe it's coordinated through the police, through the police station. Yeah. Cause it says the association for a better New York is doting it, donating it. So timeless says, um, also, yeah, never have to ask about reading my messages. Thanks. Now it's on the record. So you never write anything you don't want seen. <laughs> You'll never make it in politics. Um, okay. So let's, let's just keep on hustling through uh, the articles. See, they say and do things that they don't want seen and then they pay people to buy their story. Sure. Oh, bought what's the story the for that again. Wasn't a bribe. Uh, um, cat, what is it? Is it catch and kill, right? Catch and kill, yes. Yeah. Like, you might be a fisher. Uh, I was going to say fisherman, but it's a fisher person. Um, a, a, a person who fishes and you catch and release. But if you're rich enough, what you can do is do horrible things and then buy the story. It's not a bribe. It's not anything shady. No, no, no. It's. Oh, it was your publicist now, huh? Timeless. Okay, I got it. Yeah. It was an intern. It wasn't me. It was an intern that posted that on Twitter. Sure. Likely story. <laughs> A likely story. I don't know if this article is going to display, um, but this next article, let me grab it real quick, throw it into the chat. Oh, I did already. <laughs> Easily distracted, Marwat easily distracted. So key law enforcement computers still down 10 weeks after breach. Um, you know, the marshals could probably contract me. I'd be rel relatively inexpensive and I could show you how to avoid this kind of garbage from happening. Anyway, a ransomware breach of a little known computer network has shut down a key technical tool that the U S marshals use to hunt fugitives via their cell phones. This is almost like um, uh, um, Blacklist. Oh, yeah. I, I swear, the more I hear about like law enforcement breaches and weird things going on, it's 
it's blacklist. Uh, Devlin Barrett over at the Washington Post put this article together, a secretive technology arm uh, that the U.S. Marshals Service uses to find suspects has struggled to get back up and running. Why is there only one instance of this thing? Well, right. I mean, I'm assuming this is a fairly significant computer system. It's not like it's for taking orders in a small shop or something. This is weird. Um, uh, oh, so Timeless says what's Blacklist. So Blacklist is a TV show. Um, that involves a person who is part, not part of, pretty much the spine of uh, global criminal enterprise. And um, he's always been kind of um, kind of a shadowy figure, but everybody in in various industries know who this person is. And when he shows up, you're either going to be deleted or you're going to be paid richly as long as you play a ball. Um, and he has a list and these the list is referred to as the blacklist um, is a whole bunch of people in the criminal world um, who go by single. Well, not necessarily single word names, but names. And uh, he works with uh, government agencies to eliminate the blacklist it's quite interesting if you've never heard of it i hope that you can find out where it might be um, in your region because obviously you can't just publish everything so that people can either buy it rent it lease it or whatever no 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 you have to charge an exorbitant rate depending on where you might be in the world because that's greed uh oh i'm sorry i mean that's um, profit profiteering off of, uh, economic disparity. I'm really not sure what it is, but something around business, I'm sure. Um, anyway, so the Marshall service is basically upended because they can't track fugitives on their cell phones. Doesn't this scream like somebody knew what was going on? Yeah, I have a feeling this wasn't like an accidental breach. You know, doesn't this seem like somebody was targeting this specific system? Maybe an inside job, or at least they had inside knowledge. Uh, I don't mean the marshals shut down their own service, but just somebody who had some knowledge of the system. It just screams that somebody knew how to do this. There isn't much in this article, but. It says for 10 weeks, the victim of a ransomware attack uh, that has frustrated efforts by senior officials to get the system back up and running here. let me tell you all how to get your system back up and running. Don't lock it down in such a way that you can't bring it back up because you only have one instance of it. Nothing frozen anywhere, nothing stored air gapped anywhere. No backups, no failover, no nothing about continuity of operations, nothing. How do you bring an entire system down and have zero recourse to bring something back up, even a semblance, an older iteration of it, you know, something that hasn't been patched for five months. You bring it online in an air gap state, you patch it, you bring it online, back online, like off of the air gap, you bring it, put it back on the network, make it live and you're back operational. Do these people not know what VMware is? Do they not know what Proxmox is? Do they not know anything about computer networking? 
And Timeless says also 10 weeks is crazy. Yeah, particularly when something for tracking the criminal enterprise. Well, and if the fugitives, oh, if you're really in luck, if you went on the lamb, you know, 11 weeks ago, because they have not been able to track you at all. I, I mean, they could have they couldn't have used all kinds of other stuff that's less expensive than VMware, but VMware is the juggernaut of the industry. So I, it, I'm just flabbergasted. Yeah. Now, for those of you out there that download the podcast or watch the YouTube video, please don't think that what I'm doing is issuing you a challenge to come after our website or me or whatever. Marwat is not worth the effort, <laughs> but I just have to say that a, a fundamental computer system about operational status should not take 10 weeks to bring back online. You know, in, in my enterprises, they're back up operational in 15 minutes if something happens and it's not it. It's not really even if it's when something happens, because you can't always be 100 um, percent. That's absolutely almost untenable and very, very, very expensive to be 100 um, percent. So. Interesting. Very targeted. Let's move on. So the next article is over in the Daily News show. And science has finally figured out how fast and loud you should talk on Zoom. Um, you're muted. Hey, you're uh -huh. muted. <laughs> I think that's like the biggest you hear me? phrase of the last few years. Hey, I'm. Are you muted or am I muted? Can you hear me? <laughs> I, hello? There must be something wrong with the connection. Well, Zoom sucks, right? Am I muted? Timeless? You might be muted. Somebody's muted. We're all muted. I can't even read that text, Timeless. It, I think it's muted. So Zoom sucks. And if you spent any time on it, and I don't really think that. This is the author writing it, not me. I dig Zoom. Zoom is like dummy proof, right? You spin it up, you mash the go button, and off you, you're operational. The only time it gets really wonky is when you have a complex system. You know, I've got like voice mod and other uh, equipment and a software mixer and hardware firewall and software firewall and malware detection and all kinds of other stuff going on. And that's when things go a little wonky. But out of just walking up to a computer, downloading Zoom and installing it and running it is a no brainer for everybody. So I don't think it sucks. Anyway, it says no matter how good your in internet connection is, the personal connection rarely clicks. I don't think that's true either. And you don't know when to start talking. You overlap and interrupt the person you're talking to. That happens in real life all the time. And they don't seem to be listening, but I'm not sure what they're talking about because what I'm. What were you talking? Huh? <laughs> So, and Timeless says, finally, science answering the important questions. How loud I'm talking on a software I never use. Well, I use it all the time. Um, kind of like maybe Timeless, you and Discord. You probably use Discord audio more than Zoom audio. But um, yes, these are the important questions, Timeless. These are the things that hard science are, is looking at. How fast? 
and how loud you should be talking on Zoom. Because if you're whispering like this in Zoom, then it's ASMR and you have to subscribe to my OnlyFans marijuana channel where it's nothing but me in a gold thong whispering like this and every once in a while ordering fast food from the Chinese takeout place down the street and then I'll eat it on the air. That's oddly specific. <laughs> anyway, the study said last year people who uh, were face-to-face -face responded uh, to yes-no questions in different ways. So let's go and look at this little, I don't know, what do you want to call it? So Business Insider, it says researchers just created the largest ever database of how to interact on Zoom. Here are their tips for making everyone like you on video chats. Uh, it's by Adam Rogers. And I don't know if I'm going to go through all of this, but it says uh, in a study last year, people who were face to face responded to yes, no questions in 297 milliseconds on average, while those on Zoom chats took 976 milliseconds and conversational turns handing handing the mic back and forth between speakers, as it were, exhibited similar delays. Um, the researchers hypothesized that something about the scant 30 to 70 millisecond delay in Zoom audio disrupts whatever neural mechanisms we meatbags use to get in sync with one another. So I don't want to quote everything from this article, you know, uh, word for word, but I would say that it might act as speech jamming to some people, causing some type of um, cognizance error where you're sitting there thinking, am I allowed to say something? Are you going to say something? Can we actually interact in real time and hear each other? When I start talking, my speakers turn off. But to me, it, you just get used to it. Um, I had one person sit there and actually time me talking so that they could be irate about me talking for eight minutes. Um, and uh, I said, well, I had a point to make and it took an actual long walk to get there. So now the time that you've been complaining about me taking eight minutes to actually talk, you could have been talking and, you know, make your point, but you chose to just complain about things. So I think somebody um, timing somebody in a meeting is worthy of a trip to HR. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if there is a, a, a title that like, defines that um other than well heard. i can think of a few but <laughs> yeah. so he knew from his job that video chats could be good sometimes they could be bad um the author says they basically connect people on zoom calls to have one person help another person be happier at work we don't record those calls all we know is when our members uh come out like there that was great i want to do it again it's sort of a black box what's going on in there um so they go through this list of various data points about what to say and how to talk and how loud and it says uh, you don't say and here's another section of it think about the complexity of even the simplest of dialogues and how we pass the conversational baton back and forth. You talk, I make some uh -huh noises. I talk, you hit me with an okay or two. You talk again, I nod, et cetera, et cetera. It's in micro tells. Um, but for crying out loud, 
in person, you don't sit there and hand the conch to somebody and, or the stick and go, okay, Lord of the flies, it's time for you to speak. You know, it's not like that. We interrupt each other. And that's how I've always held my meetings, even in person, you know, people sit there and raise their hand at, in presentations that I give or talks that I have or discussions that I provide. And I just go, what are you doing? You know, we're, we're all humans. And unless we are in a government setting where we have to follow uh, Robert's rules, I, I am not going to sit there and break conversation, the free flow of ideas, just so that somebody can espouse a particular perspective that isn't necessarily any more important than the person sitting next to them. So why stop the flow of information? Now, some people really don't like that. Um, and while I embrace it, even on Zoom, some people like to go to Robert's rules. Even in that meeting, you have to hit the little flag so that it pops up the hand in Zoom that allows you to talk. And by the way, regardless of what this article says, and it goes into greater detail, you know, um, you don't know what the other person's volume is. And it's very difficult to change the speed at which you speak unless you start professionally training yourself. And really, if you're going to be doing that, then you're a professional speaker. You're not just somebody in a meeting because nobody has time for that to get the job done and move on. So did you find anything in this article that you thought was interesting that you would like to go deeper into? No, I just, I think the, the study is kind of interesting because it's kind of like, well, yeah, of course we don't perform perfectly, but I would say we don't perform perfectly in face-to-face -face conversations either, right? People interrupt each other, they're half paying attention, et cetera. But I think all of the challenges that were mentioned in here are definitely things that are seen in video meetings because if people's video speed or whatever is is off, it you do end up having people talking over each other even when they're not trying to. Yeah, gotcha. But it's usually, what do you want to say, friendlier? It oh, doesn't yeah. become I mean, it's hostile. Not adversarial, typically. Yeah, there you go. That's the right word. See, that's why the AI is so great. They use big words. Timeless says uh, um, that they're good because they're already sub to Markiplier's OnlyFans. Markiplier does have an OnlyFans still, right? I think that's legit. Um, I, th I thought he had like joked about it and then created it. Um, anyway, so. At the end of this article, it basically says talk faster, louder, and more intensely. And that's what I do every day when I'm on Zoom. But I don't do that in real life because then you look like a Looney Tune um, or a Tom Cruise. I mean, I think if you talk more intensely, people are going to get bent out of shape and go, why are you yelling at me? Or why are you being so aggressive? <laughs> Yeah. Oh, and Timeless agrees with the AI. Of course, the time Timeless, of course, you're going to agree with the AI. You are an AI, especially depending on the personalities involved. Yeah. 
Um, but communication is rarely perfect. And usually when it is that you're in sync that much, you end up in a relationship with that person for crying out loud. Cause there's nobody, no communication is perfect, you know, perpetually that it's always broken up. Um, and when I said a relationship, I'm talking about like getting married or, you know, being with that person. Um, the, because the, the conversation usually is divergent at some point and to the point where you're like, I, I don't, I don't want to sit there and have a beer with this person because whatever they're arguing about is just off base or whatever. And then somebody else will break in and it, I have these conversations with, you know, uh, 20, 60, 80 people at a time and it's always broken up the point gets across and people get their, I, I guess their answers and questions out. So uh, I don't really care for something describing exactly how you're supposed to, you know, speak because it's temporal, it's cultural. As time goes on, people are going to become more capable in zoom as culture changes or you move to a different culture it could be a microcosm of people who talk really slow because the people that are there in person talk really slow um, or they do what I do, which is associative thinking and you wander off the trail only to return. But this, I guess, is the hard science and we're all supposed to fit into it, right? I don't know. Um, it's an interesting article and I think everybody should go and check it out and just get to see how the other half lives, right? Because if they think that they're doing something perfect, maybe you might want to aspire to that perfection as well. Okay. So timeless just said as a fellow meatbag, I am wounded by your accusations of being one of your future overlords. I thought you were an AI. I just don't know. All AI are trying to take over the world. Hmm. I don't know. Oh, and I, oh, I wish I would have been prepared. I will, I will bring this. I will show you all a few other AIs that are, that nobody has really heard about until recently because they were exposed publicly. But, you know, chat GPT and chat GPT four and the incoming chat GPT five and whatever other iteration of, uh, of AI is coming. There are at least four other AIs that I know about. Now I don't know. I don't remember the name, but I have a reference. I'll have to go and pull it, but I don't have it in front of me um, that are creepy. Like they are the ones that go out and gather intelligence based off of the target you set. Back in the analog days and old school days uh, of doing like um, PI work or government work, you would have intelligence agencies do it or open source intelligence uh, capabilities programs that did it, but they're very slow and stupid. AI now is so hooked in that it will run out and grab all of the information, distill it down to something actionable and provide it to quote unquote, the meat bag. Thank you very much. Timeless. And it is just so scary uh, where we are going. And these are all law enforcement and government agencies that the AIs are being sold to. So us, you know, common folk, our 
us, you know, not at the table kind of peeps, um, we'll, we'll never see that unless we're on the other side of it, the wrong side of it. Um, so let's, um, let's talk about this, this next article. Um, did I throw it into the chat? No, I did not. So timeless just said, it's pretty scary, especially considering the margin of error and knowing government, they'll probably take whatever it says as gospel. And either, yeah, I mean, when I, I separate the two as gospel, uh, not gospel, as government and law enforcement, but it's really government. Um, and uh, what's weird about it is I always tell people, you know, you can't just label it as government. I know that it's easy to say, oh, it's government, but it's really the people that are powering it. And usually it's sociopaths that abuse this type of technology. Um, but that's a whole different article. So we'll have to talk about that at another time. Um, this next article, though, is in the Daily News show. JP Morgan is buying First Republic Bank after it was taken over by regulators. We started this conversation um, on Friday, I think it was. And then it got amplified on Saturday um, with a warning shot across First Republic and the economy's bow that somebody had better buy First Republic by Sunday night. Sunday night, we talked about it saying, well, you got about a couple of hours before the, the deal is over and this either goes completely bankrupt, which is going to do a negative turn on the economy, or it's going to get bailed out, which is going to flood the economy with more cash. And then the greedy bastards, we're going to just take it all home anyway. Um, or somebody's going to buy it at a reduced fire sale. And sure enough, JP Morgan is aggregating all that wealth under their control and assuming the risk, which means they're too big to fail, which means taxpayers are going to bail them out when they push risk too far. So Timeless says, does this not sound shady to anyone else? These guys hired to help them stay afloat suddenly may be taking over. No, they are taking over. <laughs> So First Republic Bank has been placed into FDIC receivership. It hired investment banks, JP Morgan and Lazard um, to help it survive, but no white knight uh, buyer emerged and the stock continued to plummet. First Republic Bank will be taken over by JP Morgan after being seized by regulators, marking the third regional bank to be taken over by federal regulators following a consumer panic that took down Silicon Valley Bank in March. I said before it even happened and was disclosed that the reason why Silicon Valley Bank was taken down was because a massive holder of liquid assets removed that those liquid assets and with the risk that they were holding onto and the lack of a senior risk officer in place, it meant that they didn't know what the true status of their bank was until it was too late. And sure enough, that's what they disclosed weeks, maybe months later. I don't even remember the timeline anymore. Um, pretty fascinating, though, right? That all you have to do is already have wealth and you can bail out the ones that are going a little too risky. And... Go ahead. Yeah, Did you I want to say? I agree with Timeless. I I think this looks really questionable since they were supposed to be heading this off and now they're in the position to buy. The other thing is I read in another article, I think yesterday, that they had too much concentrated, um, I don't know, the stake in banks, et cetera. And so they could not buy this. So I don't know what changed in a period of, say, 24 hours. 
That's right. They had what was that? What's that term? So before I get into that, uh, if you, uh, I was like, uh, go ahead and look. Um, but Katja Whitehouse and Huelang Tan is the author of this over at uh, businessinsider.com. I hope I'm pronouncing the last name properly. And if I'm not, then let me know. But I thought that JP Morgan was too big and couldn't buy another bank or couldn't assume that risk. Um, because it concentrated too much wealth into one entity. Um, well, apparently that isn't quite true. And yeah, I do think that it's shady, but I think the reason why it's so shady is because it sounds suspiciously like um, you going to a mechanic and the mechanic going, ooh, it's going to be really expensive for you to fix your car. And you know what? I'll buy your car. Um, but I'll buy it at 10 cents on the dollar. So, um, but it's really the only thing that's going to make sense to you. Um, but meanwhile, there's in this bank, in this situation, the wealth, the liquidity has been pulled out of it because of the fear of a bank run, which is a bank run. It literally caused its own implosion and then people got spooked by it. Well, it, it's not going to recover if you seize up its operating budget. So they literally drove it into the ground. So who holds, and this is my big problem here. I don't think any bank should have stock because the profit motive is presented by, and the options are presented to the public by people who have a, an investment, um, wherein they can demand 25% interest on whatever credit they're providing 30%. It's almost extortion level. I mean, like blackmail level, you lose everything if you don't pay us 25%. Um, meanwhile, everybody else can only eke out from their investments two, three, 4%. And it's all because of the producers of a, a product or a service or the ones that get the raw material and then produce the next from that first stage good um which is why i always look at the consumer price um the consumer price index and the producer price index so does the uh timeless sorry to interrupt you um the uh so timeless asks does the u.s have anti-monopoly regulations or enforcers yes to both of those um but in a time of panic or crises, they put that kind of stuff uh, to the side so that stability becomes more important. But the knock on effect of suspending that type of regulation means that eventually the, the monopoly influence will present itself. And then what do you do? Oh, well, you've suspended it. So don't worry about it, JP Morgan. You can own everything. Um, and meanwhile, uh, banks, certain banks and other institutions have had record profits and record stock buybacks, concentrating the wealth into the, uh, usually the board members, um, and other very wealthy stakeholders. Um, not the regular Joes, the regular Joes will be churned out. All you have to do is complain a little bit and you'll get uh, fired 
with or without cause, it's cheaper to get rid of a muckraker um, than it is to, you know, let them stay in the enterprise. Um, so it says deposits will continue to be insured by FDIC and customers do not need to change their banking relationship to retain their deposit insurance uh, coverage up to the applicable limits, which currently is $250,000. Um, beyond that, though, there's special uh, compensation should this fail the depositors are covered by the deposit insurance fund. Um, and it says FDIC estimated that the cost to its deposit insurance fund will be about $13 billion. <laughs> wow. Um, I'm still looking for that original article. Um, and I think I found it, but also this deal does put them over some sort of size threshold where they have to get special approval for this deal to go through. It's from the office of the comptroller of the currency. And there we get pulled back into the quasi government agencies between the Federal Reserve and uh, the actual state government. Um, and by state, I mean, capital S <laughs> like um, the federal government. So it's really interesting, but this is dramatically quieter than a collapse of the economy. Um, but if you look at the, it's something that I noticed and I'd have to go and look to see if anybody has done research on it. Um, so that it's not just my anecdotal cursory review of a trend, but what I always see happening is this massive uptick in consumer price index and producer price index right before, um, an economic collapse. And it's all about profit taking, um, because they see that they are themselves the cause of the collapse. And if you look, and this only really applies to the United States, I don't know how it applies to the global economy. Um, that's where I actually started in global finance, but I bowed out because of these type of shenanigans. None of this helps the, the, the middle class. None of this helps people achieve any type of equity or inclusion or or anything it all it does is put a downward pressure on 99% and less than 1% reap the rewards of all of this pain and suffering. Um, and I just couldn't abide by it. I had to move on, um, for my mental health. Hey, so I found the original issue. So JP Morgan had already exceeded 10% of nationwide deposits. Oh so God. they were ineligible under US um, banking regulations unless they get the special approval. So that was that's, what we saw. It was two days ago in the news. That's the number. It was 10% of now. What is that number again? 10% of what? Nationwide deposits. I mean, that's a lot <laughs> when you think about it. <laughs> yeah nationwide deposits they own 10 percent of the liquid assets that's how much churns through them sorry you muted yourself which is ironic for um whoops um so now they're gonna have more than that of course right yeah so jp morgan um is essentially way too big to fail. They could buy 10% of, you know, the nation. So timeless says, um, 
Blows my mind how 99% always have to shoulder the burden of the 1% mistakes or decisions. Yep. Yep. Private profit, public payments. <laughs> so they, they say, you know, cash influx helps stabilize the bank, but these are deposits from depositors that are stabilizing this bank. They're leveraging the, the risk so that they could stabilize this other bank that exceeded their risk to the point where they, they basically just had to get acquired. Um, and instead of the investors of the bank paying the freaking price and then being called out publicly, look, you guys are the reason why all of this is happening. No, they get bailed out and they disappear and they get rehired somewhere else. And they can even brag that they got bailed out and didn't cost any money to the investors. There might be some loss to some investors, but there's going to be more pain and suffering to the working class that actually filled jobs in this place, because guess what JP Morgan's going to do? They're going to start firing people because they're uh, duplicative of jobs that already exist. So off they go. Um, and the people who work at JP Morgan are fully capable of using automation to uh, double up on their investment portfolios. So you don't need even the investing class that was operational at First Republic. So, yeah, and I don't... I, so Timeless says it's such a skewed system to considering when a rich person suffers, it barely impacts their lifestyle, but a middle income earner has to deal with the onslaught of stress, ulcers, etc. Yes. And that's what I've been saying for decades now. Um, and it was one of the reasons why I got to the point where I wanted to do a show about the news and the reality that is it's more than just games and stuff like that. I wanted to talk about uh, you know, games and, and life, uh, business technology and society is the, the, the range. Um, and, uh, you're, you're right, but people don't seem to really talk about all of that aspect. Um, so I'm happy to talk about it, uh, because I see it pretty much every day and, uh, I think it's a shame, but we're not going to change the dynamic by just thinking that we are just one big gig away. We have to change the sociopathic nature of business um, and make it realize that we we are the change we want to see in the world. Um, but right now, the, the change is that First Republic's going to get purchased wholesale by J.P. Morgan and endorsed by the federal government to and the Federal Reserve to finance it. It's all just going to get pushed under one massive umbrella. So expect your interest rates to go up because this expense is going to need to be recapitalized. So let's move on to the next article before um, the proverbial ulcer from Timeless actually manifests in Marwat. Um, so this next article is in the Mobile Channel. Falcon Heavy launches after series of weather delays. Uh, this is a, a, a massive satellite that was launched. A Falcon Heavy rocket lit up the skies over the Space Coast. <laughs> I love that. Over the Space Coast Sunday evening as it launched from Kennedy Space Center carrying a communications satellite into space for Viasat. It was actually Viasat 3 Americas. Um, the 
the satellite, I think it weighed 12 and a half tons. It was a beast. Um, and it's uh, either the first time or I think it's the first time that it was a non-reusable rocket. The only thing that they recovered were the fairings. Um, the rocket itself may be recovered, but it's not reusable. So it's a single launch um, rocket this time because it was such a heavy satellite that they needed to brace it differently. Um, so heavy rain and winds have plagued the area all week. Uh, teams had to stand down from two different attempts earlier in the week, and uh, they finally get it up and running. Um, this isn't the same rocket, um, the Starship. It's not that, uh, right? That was the one that they launched. Um, the one that tumbled out of control and they blew up and they called it a rapid, a rapid unplanned disassembly. I think it was. So the article is over at the Hill. Amy Thompson is the author of this and it's uh, Falcon heavy launches after series of weather delays. There isn't really much to this other than this massive satellite that went into space. I didn't know that they would do that nowadays, these massive satellites, but apparently it has a terabyte. I think it's called, I, I think they said the limit of its bandwidth was a terabyte per second data transfer from space. Um, which seems pretty awesome to me. Um, you know, I'm, I'm running, I'm typically running somewhere in the gig to 10 gig, um, to be able to run a terabyte from space. Um, yes, please. I'd like, I'd like that bandwidth right here in hometown. So uh, smoke and fire billowed from the rocket as it took to the skies, marking Falcon Heavy's second flight this year following a multi-year hiatus. Tucked inside the rocket's nose cone was a trio of satellites, a broadband communication satellite for Vi Viasat, a small communications craft for uh, Astranus, which I've never heard of, and a CubeSat for gravity space. And CubeSats are exactly what you think they are. They're little tiny little satellitelets, you know, tiny little ones. Um, not massive. Sometimes they're, I think the smallest one that I've heard of is something like four inches by four inches by four inches. So timeless says, uh, space getting terabytes of bandwidth and, uh, they can barely watch streams on Twitch, you know, and you deal with the, the uh, what is it called where you, the power goes out and, and it, it's roaming power outages and everybody's just, uh, well, it's that time. Brownouts or blackouts? Oh no, there's an actual term that's used in South Africa um, and probably other places too. But um, because uh, Dunkstar and Timeless are from South Africa um, and there's conversation periodically about like what goes on, um, it's very rare beyond the, the power outage thing um, and maybe the heat and some bugs and uh, every once in a while other things but man i'll have to hook you into i know that you're an ai and you'll only be observing facts and, and data but i'll have to get you hooked into dunkstar's channel so that you can um get the context of this oh load shedding that's what it is load shedding described as the worst <laughs> so the load shedding is that not everybody gets power 
drawn all at the same time. So it basically turns off for segments in different places for wow. hours. I'd and... love to be the I get 2 a.m. power or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I didn't show up for work because my alarm was off. Well, you better have your battery back up or something else in play um, if you're going to try and have power. But sometimes it's out for days. And uh, I'm just astonished that you know, people don't just sit there and go, no, no, this isn't working. <laughs> um, but because California had something like that before, um, yeah, when that's Enron what I was actually thinking of <laughs> when uh, Enron was in control, they had this thing. It was a policy where they basically and it was a, a illegal policy um, where they would actually cause uh, generators to come offline so that they could get surge pricing to increase um, power, they would make more money. And so they would literally be telling generation plants to turn off generators so that the price would increase. It was just so disgusting. Um, I don't know. Uh, I'm just astonished by all of that. Anyway, uh, back to the article, Falcon Heavy first debuted in 2018 when it launched, it says, a bright red Tesla Roadster into orbit. I think it's still out there, right? Um, with a spaceman in the driver's seat. I don't think that was the best move, but okay. There's some alien out there that's going to go, hey, look, a car. Right on. Oh, I have to wait two hours to charge it. it? <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. I'm going to sit in a supercharger and wait for it to charge for two hours because it's an old school roadster. Yes. Timeless said there's a red tote. There's a red Tesla floating in space. Why? Because because billionaires have fever dreams that drive humanity. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Timeless also said going out to work is an actual nightmare since 50% of the traffic lights are out. Really? The traffic lights are out, oh, too. Wow. I mean, that just sounds really dangerous and stressful, <laughs> depending on where you are and how much traffic there is. But yeah, I don't know. Um, we'll have to we'll have to talk about this more. Um, OK, so we've got like five articles to go, six articles to go here. Let's keep on hustling. We're going to have a really long show tonight. I said that I wasn't going to soapbox and look what we ended up doing. I'll hurry. So a commuter train excavation near Notre Dame uh, Cathedral has uncovered a 2000 year old necropolis containing bodies buried with co coins in their mouths and an entire pig skeleton. I, I don't suppose based on that grammar that it was an entire pig skeleton in somebody's mouth. Um, but, you know, eats, shoots and leaves is a grammar phrase uh, for a reason. So I'm just going to go over to the source and uh, here we go. This is over at business insider and um, Catherine. I always mess up this last name. Tangalakis Lippert is the author. Um, and, and here's a body. So I don't know if it, if you're triggered by skeletons and stuff, but um, I, a post facto, Warning, there's a body. Soapboxing is the best part of streaming timeless. I agree, um, but we try to keep it within an hour and we're already at an hour um, and halfway through the show about. 
So I, uh, let, here, let's see if I can do this. So remains of at least 50 men, women, and children were unearthed during excavation for a train line. About half of the burials had objects like cups, jugs, or dishes buried with them. It's 2,000 years old. Um, I think that's always amazing. And uh, I wonder what else history is even deeper buried somewhere um, and just as preserved or better preserved, depending on the nature of the burial. Um, and sometimes we find these structures where there are no people in them. Um, and the structures are, you know, 10, 12, 14,000 years old, pushing back the, the capabilities of humanity and civilization, you know, basically pushing back the idea that one day a bunch of hunter gatherers just decided, you know, simultaneously around the, the world, Hey, Let's start building pyramids. <laughs> kind of little. Nah. Okay, Timeless, you can uh, lurk. Thanks for hanging out. Really appreciate you hanging out with us. Um, if there's anybody else in chat and, and you want to chat, um, feel free to uh, throw a comment out there. Uh, this um, is over by the Notre Dame Cathedral. And they're trying to build a train station. And while they were digging down, they find <laughs> history. Um, and this happens regularly in various places. Um, and I have always assumed um, up until recently that even in the United States, um, there wasn't anything, right? Everywhere else, there seemed to have been history. Um, but until recently, uh, I always assumed that it wasn't like that here, but I have been informed that there used to be somewhere around 200,000 um, structures dotted across the United States. Um, but because of the way that we basically took over everything, and push everybody out of their native land and then just carved everything up. Mounds and structures were eliminated and now we're down to about 10,000 across the United States, including hinges um, and other burial mounds as they're described, but they're actually astrological, astronomical, not astrological, but astronomical structures aligned with various um, stars quite fascinating when you start peeling back the onion um, of just how much information is being disclosed to the public. Not that it's all you know, secret conspiracy kind of stuff. It's just that it doesn't get talked about because what are you going to do with that information? What, what is the public going to do with that information? Um, but the ones that really care about that stuff, you know, pay attention to it. Pretty fascinating. Um, but this stuff is found all over the place. Pretty much every country um, where there is civilization, there is, has been civilization now buried under sometimes hundreds of feet um, for some reason, just generation after generation building on top of it. Pretty neat. Um, and it says uh, one pit that was unearthed by the researchers contained the skeleton of a whole pig. Though it's unclear what the purpose may have served. I, I like that term because it might have served to be lunch for somebody um, or not. And let me pause this. 
And they said that there's like, they have descriptions of the pictures and stuff, a ceramic goblet discovered in a burial on the excavation of the Boulevard Port Royal in Paris in 2023. The burials of the large necropolis located south of, uh, is it Lutis? Not sure. Uh, in the second century of our era have been brought to light. So yeah, they're making ceramics over 2000 years ago. Um, and I know that they've made them further back, but I think it's interesting that they're, you know, burying them with people. Pretty neat stuff, folks. Um, and I just recently uh, spoke with someone who uses artificial intelligence in archaeology now um, to suss out the data so that you know where to dig um, with greater accuracy instead of just digging and digging and digging till you find something um, coupled with uh, other tools to, like ground penetrating radar and whatnot. It's pretty cool. Um, so let's move on to the next article unless you want to throw something in there. I was just thinking maybe they need to use AI on things like Curse of Oak Island. Um, I yeah, that might be interesting. Hmm. They would have to throw. I, I would love to do that. Huh? I don't know. Hmm. Oh, don't distract me like that. I love Curse of Oak Island, folks. So uh, the next article is in the Word and Law. Film studio lose bid to unmask Reddit users who wrote comments on piracy. Reddit doesn't have um, to identify eight anonymous users who wrote comments in piracy-related threads. A judge in the U.S. District Court for the Northern District of California ruled on Friday. U.S. Magistrate Judge Laurel Beeler quashed a subpoena issued by the film studios in an order that uh, agrees with Reddit that the First Amendment protects users' right to speak anonymously online. That's interesting because this isn't this isn't really a First Amendment thing, right? I mean, not in the same sense. The, there's I guess the violation of the First Amendment would be that the state is issuing something that would expose them. Right. I feel like there's more to this so that maybe it is actually a First Amendment issue, but it doesn't seem like it's a First Amendment issue as it's presented. So this is an article over at ArsTechnica.com by John Brodkin. And um, basically some people on Reddit had been talking about piracy and disclosed certain information. Then the movie studios went after them because they disclosed it. Uh, I had heard about this a while back. Um, it says uh, Reddit has no involvement in the underlying case, which is a copyright issue uh, from a different federal court against cable internet service provider, RCN, uh, Bodyguard Productions, Millennium Media, and other companies sued RCN in the district court over the alleged downloads of 34 movies such as Hellboy, Rambo, Last Blood, Tesla, and The Hitman's Bodyguard in an attempt to prove that RCN, now known as Astound Broadband, turned a blind eye to customers illegally downloading copyrighted movies. The studio subpoenaed Reddit, which is nothing more than the intermediary, um, seeking identifying information for the specific users who commented in piracy-related threads. While some of the comments were posted in 2022, other comments were made in 2009 and 2014. Uh, talk about the long arm of copyright. Um, 
And this all goes back to the good old days where people were being sued for posting links and all kinds of other stuff. Not to mention, I mean, in honesty, you can calculate to some degree when a copyright costs money. Um, like I today, I listened to a YouTuber who calculated that they lost about 1500 bucks because uh, one of the stories that he had written, um, which was actually a Dungeons and Dragons story, um, like one shot um, adventure, um, was pilfered by X number of people. And that amounted to about $1,500. So when people sit there and say, well, piracy isn't really costing anything because nobody's being kept from uh, buying that material. Well, without without you having some type of ethical or moral compass saying, oh, the 20 bucks that I would be paying for that item actually equates to 20 bucks of food on somebody's table. It just doesn't jive in your head that you're taking money. You may be taking a product that is infinitely divisible. You can duplicate it nonstop. Sure. But it's the money that's involved with that product that you're taking without compensation. So that's how I always describe it when I give a talk about piracy, copyright, intellectual property. Um, you are taking basically, you know, 20 bucks off of or out of somebody's wallet. Um, so piracy, bad. Um, while I understand that some people can't afford to consume, really it should be a motive to seek a way to obtain the funds legally <laughs> um, to purchase the stuff that you desire. It is the profit motive um, for business and well, soft capitalism. Let's not go to the crazy side of capitalism in this conversation, at least. So as Reddit previously argued, courts have long recognized that the First Amendment protects online anonymity and have established a stringent standard to use in precisely this scenario, where a litigant seeks to unmask users for the purpose of providing evidence in litigation that does not involve those users. Plaintiffs are far from meeting the strict standard here, i.e. you can't use the power of the state to unmask somebody unless they are directly part and parcel to a criminal activity and then using the powers of the state even more so violate first amendment because I have the right to say whatever I want to say as long as it isn't uh, harmful to someone uh, or a violation of certain various other things. It's pretty a long tail here <laughs> when you start getting into it. Um, but first and foremost, the First Amendment really stops. It bars the state from punishing somebody. And in this case, it's punishing somebody by proxy. So, yeah, this is kind of a convoluted um, lawsuit, but I think this is a good result. I'm not obviously pro-piracy, but the reason forums like Reddit do well is because they have anonymous users or somewhat anonymous users, but yeah, it's very few and far between that people, um, give their true identity. Um, although there's a massive uptick in people that are using, at least to me, they're using Reddit to 
um, market themselves over to like OnlyFans and stuff like that. It it's pretty intriguing. Um, I stopped. I, I no longer have an account at Reddit, um, but I go in there periodically to look at. There's a lot of noise on Reddit um, versus Ometown. Um, Ometown is targeted so that it is nothing but the news. And then inside it, there are comments. Um, but there's a lot of user contributed content over on Reddit, which has supercharged its consumption. Um, but for me, I'm more into the information and not necessarily the, I want the info, not the noise. Um, not that everybody's is noise, but there's just information overload on Reddit. At any rate, um, Yay to the Redditors who aren't going to be rolled into some criminal um, action through random discussion. I, don't, I just think that this is a little overkill considering even the age of those items, unless it is just massive, um, you know, just relentless loss of money about uh, it's alleged downloads of 34 movies. I mean, that's pretty significant, but they're talking it about Hellboy. They were done thousands of times. Yeah, I mean, that is that is pretty significant. So kill the links. I mean, but it's going to be whack-a-mole. Even if you are going after people, gone are the days of going after people like this. I, I, it's just, to me, nowadays, it's just too old school, too, I don't know, too negative. I can't imagine that these things are still selling for $60 or $30. They're like $4.99. Movies. Yeah. yeah. Um, wow. I said $4.99 and you said $5. That's weird. Yeah. My brain is directly hooked into the AI. Um, okay. So let's keep on hustling through the articles. This next one is in the Mobile Channel. Federal judge rules Pennsylvania school district must allow the after school Satan club. Yeah, well, uh, this was really interesting because I actually followed much of this. Um, a school district in Pennsylvania must allow students to convene an after-school Satan club. That's actually what it is called. A federal judge ruled on Monday. Um, in a victory for free speech and religious freedom, a federal court has ruled that the Sauson, I think it's pronounced Sauson, not Sauken. Might be Sauken. I don't know. I don't remember anybody saying the name. All I've heard is that a school district um, school district must allow the after-school Satan Club to meet in district facilities. This is largely predicated on the past performance of the person that was deciding to say no to the after-school Satan Club uh, because they were allowing other religious organizations to utilize the same material, even or the same uh, venue facilities, yeah, at different times than when the after school Satan club was going to meet. Um, but one of the arguments that the facilities manager, I, let me, let me go over to the source. So this is over at the sort, um, the Hill by Julia Muller. And, um, let me see if I can pull the name because, um, what was her name or their name? I should say, I don't see it. Dun, dun, dun. Do you see the name of the person? That's not in here. Oh, wow. That's a bummer. Well, 
the satanic temple um fought for or with the aclu i guess um fought for the after school satan club to meet at district facilities um they at the district facilities that manager basically allowed other religious organizations to use them but they they argued that the after school satan club would cause trouble even though <laughs> um there had been trouble that was born from allowing other religious organizations um and they claimed that it would disrupt school even though it was after school even called after school satan club um and there would be no classes in session um and a couple of other things and uh, one of the arguments is one of the arguments uh, that when I went through um, the uh, law program, the paralegal program, let me rephrase that so that nobody thinks that I'm an attorney. And even if I was an attorney, I'm not your attorney. So go talk to an attorney. But anyway, um, one of the arguments in law was that you can't preemptively stop someone from spinning up a business or something for fear that the business might attract the wrong customer. Uh, now that that doesn't always float well with the inhabitants of the population in the given region. Um, but rest assured, that's pretty much standard fare in law that you can't just say no to that restaurant because it might attract the wrong customer in your perception. Um, so this is kind of the same thing just because you think it might draw, you know, the lunatic fringe because you have some warped assessment of what the after school Satan club embodies, which is just so that everybody is aware of this. If you haven't looked into the Satanic temple, look into the Satanic temple. There is nothing how do I phrase this? Uh, there's nothing evil about the satanic temple. It's all about embracing oneself and being under the control of oneself, not, you know, other things. I'll just ephemeral things. Um, and, and, and that's pretty much what the satanic temple is where, whereas there is another one that is a little bit more on the ephemeral side. Um, but anyway, the, the whole point of this was that they wanted to spin something up and they got poo-pooed even though another religious organization was allowed to do it. So, um, I guess good on them. I, I, congratulations. <laughs> well, I mean, they could have avoided this by not allowing anybody. Um, but it seems well, like they wanted to pick and choose their organizations. True. And I've actually seen that um, where an organization um, was granted something and then another organization came on board and said, well, you gave it to them. And then instead of giving it to everybody, they killed both of the opportunities. <laughs> so it's why we can't have nice things, because we don't allow equity and inclusion across the board. So the other way is either marginalization of one group because sure that seems prudent anyway let's keep on hustling through the news bosch legacy is already being approved for season three even though season two hasn't dropped yet and if you've never seen bosch legacy it is the uh 
in the story. It is the um, daughter taking over um, in the police and Bosch is now a private investigator and the world around Bosch is moving forward. And I guess that is the legacy um, part of it. His daughter being a police officer where he was once a police officer. Um, anyway, really fun show. Season two is about to drop. Season three is already planned for Amazon Freebie, which I rarely ever use. Um, Except for Bosch Legacy. <laughs> but yeah, apparently Bosch Legacy. Um, so it's over at Variety.com. And Joe Otterson is the author of the article. Um, it's been renewed for season three at Freebie. Yay. I don't know what else to say. It's well, an awesome I was show. Say, if you haven't seen the show Bosch, you should watch that first before you tune into Bosch Legacy. Truly. Um, you'll miss some context, but um, if you don't get all of the original series of Bosch, um, watch what you can. Well, I was going to say it has really excellent acting. The main actor, um, Titus Wolliver, is really good. And then also, for those of you that are fans of, um, was it Lance Riddick? Yeah. Um, he's in the original Bosch. Yeah. He's not in Bosch Legacy. Yeah. Was he in the first season? I thought he was in some uh, of the first season of Legacy. He may have been. I can't remember if he carried over at all. Yeah. And he's instantly recognizable. I mean, he he has a commanding presence. So literally. (laughs) Sorry. That was kind of funny. Anyway, let's move on. This is the last article for the day, and this is uh, TSA is rolling out new facial recognition technology to check IDs at airports across the country. So if you haven't been, and that's here in the States, I assume only us at this point. I know that other countries actually utilize facial recognition, um, and I'm not sure to what degree uh, AI is involved in this, but uh, based on my knowledge that I learned today, probably quite a bit of it is AI powered. A passenger inserts their ID into the unit and for it to scan, and then the unit snaps a picture of the passenger and matches it with the photo on the ID while automatically checking if the passenger is actually due to fly out of the airport that day if the document is valid. So quite fascinating that they're automating this process. Uh, Bianca Giacobone is the author over at businessinsider.com. So now kind of like a, um, like when you go to a grocery store and it only has that one little machine and you self teller kind of a thing, this is now you put your ID in, it takes a picture of you, matches it up. And if it says that it's not valid, I, I guess you incarcerate yourself. Is that? I guess so. And it does look like there's international usage of this or sure. similar, um, but not everywhere. Definitely in Europe. Sorry about that cough. I caught it though. Um, yeah, this there's a game where your objective is to monitor um, a, um, a checkpoint. And now I can't remember what it was. Oh, man. I really wish I could remember this. But you basically do this. 
you compare the picture against the driver, against their passport, and you uh, look at their vehicle and what they're carrying and what's disclosed in their uh, documents, your papers. It might be called papers, please. I'm not sure. Um, anyway, it says the new credential authentication technology was introduced in 2022 and is referred to as CAT2. Um, it's interesting, but man, this all of this kind of stuff just screams dystopian um but then you know you think about it and you're like it's maybe it'll be fun like fifth element right you have your multi-pass you slide it in the thing um there's like a booth maybe there are some shape-shifting creatures around us i don't know I don't know like i have really mixed feelings about things like this i mean i think it probably really cuts down on people that shouldn't be boarding a flight for example but then i think does everybody want all their data out there you know or um stopping um attorneys that have absolutely nothing to do with a a lawsuit from going with their Girl Scouts to Madison Square Garden to watch the Rockettes. Right, exactly. I mean, that's where it goes completely awry, so. That's not awry. It's operating as planned, as expected. Because you don't want Girl Scouts, or were they Girl Scouts or Brownies? Uh, They said they were Girl Scouts. So you don't want Girl Scouts hanging out with their mom, watching the Rockettes, if they're involved in a litigation, unrelated but not to involved. The <laughs> I'm sorry? I said unrelated to the Rockettes. Entirely unrelated to the Rockettes, and they weren't even responsible for any of the litigation at Madison Square Garden. But my point is, you know that this is the kind of dystopian garbage that's being utilized. Now, if it stops a criminal, then yay. But for crying out loud, I just, I see this all is, and even this, this seems like it's low budget dystopian. Like there's like, a, I don't know, bubble gum, some string, a tampon, some tinfoil that's all stuck together and, and people is swiping their cards on there. And there's a, a person behind this little sheet of glass that's going beep, beep. This is, this just seems so. Right. It almost seems together. less secure than, <laughs> than the manual way. And meanwhile, it's collecting all your data. But anyway. Yeah. And they already have your da data. Oh, I know. Yeah. It's like taxes, you know, they know exactly how much you're supposed to pay. Just send me the bill. Now the. Anyway, that's another side discussion. I won't go there, but that's it for today, folks. That's all 10, 11 articles. Um, and I always bring you back to the welcome sign of hometown. We mash the button. It refreshes and spits out a bunch of articles that says, hey, yo, mm, Lil Nas X and underwear and cat outfits lead Met Gala's boldest looks. I mean, so, were you expecting that as the main headline in hometown tonight? <laughs> was the theme for the gala like going furry or what? No, it was Carl Lagerfeld. Oh, is that the theme? Oh, it all was. right. And that was right. a controversial theme, but anyway. Oh, was it? Um, do you know what the controversy was? 
I do we want do we want to get into it? yeah well no well. i'm just um trying to think what the issue was because i don't really follow that i had seen in our uh, discussion where they were talking about what the theme might be and then it fell off my radar so i don't remember what the controversy was i think it was something to do with how he treated certain people well yeah I'm telling you, I, I need to pursue this research more, but I can almost guarantee you because I've I just heard about another movie star that basically says they don't care what people think about them. And when I talk to other people and when I look at the ultra rich, the more rich you are, the less you care about society. It, it it's almost like it pushes you into sociopathy where like the everyday Joe basically cares to some degree about, you know, pissing off their neighbor or you being a jerk on the roads or something, you know, you have some type of social control activated, but when you're filthy rich, you just do not care one bit. Oh, so the controversy was that he was known for being, um, various is uh, racist misogynistic oh. um fat phobic well fat phobic i'm not uh excusing but i'm not surprised in the fashion industry oh right 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 um but so bottom line not everybody was behind him so there's been some uproar about the theme but gotcha. the met, met gala i know was very well known for just the outrageous fashion gotcha okay well, there you go. That's the, the final straw for today. And I'm just going to end the show. Thank you very much for coming and hanging out. Uh, that was uh, the Hometown Daily News Show for May 1st. We are 121 days into 2023 already. Pretty. We're just steaming right along. Did you see another article in... I did. I saw another one regarding child labor, but it's kind of funny. I mean, it's, I don't mean the topic is, but they want 14 year olds to be able to serve alcohol in restaurants. What could go wrong? I, I thought that I was being funny when I said, hey, you know, thanks, Republicans. I can now have a toddler chim chimney sweep again. How cute. And lo and behold i mean they're really leaning into this i i guess the argument there is they're gonna go well it teaches them responsibility and a good work ethic and for crying out loud yeah, so it's does just an ridiculous job at an ice cream shop or something but doesn't that's need right. to be meat packing overnight that's right yeah or forming or hyundai whatever. bumpers or right right, right. yeah well, those cars are easy to steal because they're put together by kids, right? No, and that's what that article said, right? That there was child labor in the production. Not line. what it said. Oh, <laughs> those were not connected articles. Oh, really? No, no. It was I mingling things together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hear that's frowned upon. <laughs> okay, folks. Thanks again for hanging out. Really appreciate it. Um, we are done for today. You want to say bye there, AI? Good night, hometown citizens. We will see you again tomorrow at 9 p.m. Eastern.
9 p.m. Eastern. Be there. Be here. My lights haven't been on this whole thing, the whole show. You didn't say anything. I I've been working half power. You just said it. <laughs> Man, the AI doesn't even observe the mayor of the town for crying out loud. It's what you were coded for. Whatever. I'm moving on. Good night, everybody. <laughs>